man, you know, if you're in love with it and you're not doing it, or if you're doing it and you're not in love with it, change that and, uh, change it for the right reasons. Don't wait. Don't do something your whole life that you hate because life is bloody well short. Grow a pair of balls, give it a go. You might fail and you might start getting addicted to that feeling. And pretty soon you're going to find something that you stroke it out of the park every time on. And that's success. Money don't mean shit. Happiness is everything. I've never known anyone with a dragon. What does he look like? Just a plain ordinary dragon. Welcome back to Plain Ordinary Dragon, the podcast. I'm exceptionally excited today because we get to interview one of my favorite people, Mr. Donnie Lee. Uh, But before I tell you more about Donnie Lee and the surprises that await you, the delights that await you, I want to thank you for being here. I I just want to say thank you for spending the time with us. Time is the most valuable resource available to human beings. It's the one thing you can't get more of. And the fact that you chose to spend a few minutes here with us is humbling, humbling to our very core. And I just want you to know how much I appreciate that. Thank you for being here and listening. Now, on to today's podcast. I'm very excited. Uh, Donnie Lee uh, is one of the, the most dynamic individuals I have ever met. He's one of the most unique individuals I've ever met, and he's one of my favorites. He tells it like it is. He doesn't pull any punches, and uh, whether he's right, wrong, or indifferent, he says what's on his mind and how he feels about things, and he's passionate about it. And those are all things that I love intensely. Now, I'm going to warn you, there is some explicit language in this particular podcast. Now, I personally think it's all worth it. But for any sensitive ears, this is not a safe for work podcast. This is not a safe for listening with your three-year-old, seven-year-old, or 15-year-old podcast. This is a podcast for adults. Now, uh, I do not censor any of the guests. Uh, I rarely censor myself. Uh, if if a, if explicit language offends you, this may not be the podcast that you want to listen to. Although it may be the podcast you want to listen to, uh, because you're going to hear some pretty interesting things. Donnie drops some interesting uh, truth bombs throughout this. Like he just drops them left and right. The outtakes. I had such a hard time trying to decide which outtakes to you know play as an intro on this. Uh, that it, it actually took me a couple of weeks because there were so many of the different things that he said that I I just so thoroughly enjoyed. Like this, for instance. I could have gone the route of coke and whores, but I decided to I decided to pay my bills instead. Or uh, here's another another gem that's in there. Because I'm talking to people just like I'm talking to you right now, and I don't aim to change that um, ever. Because you get what you see, and you see what you get. Um, and if you don't like that, that's less my problem than it is yours. Now. I'm not going to give you all the gems up front. That wouldn't be fair because it'd be out of context. And those are definitely out of context, even though they're very enjoyable. Uh, but here, here's the thing. Uh, Donnie has had uh, an interesting career in, um, well, I guess distance learning is, is kind of what it is. He's, he's kind of an electronics guru. I, I met him... Whew, 
a lot of years ago now. We were, we were both just out of high school. Uh, one of our dear friends introduced us. His name's uh, Ben White. We'll tell the story in the podcast. I won't take away from it. Uh, but know this, uh, Donnie is one of those guys that understands things in, in, in levels that a lot of us have a hard time grasping. So uh, I think you're going to be pleased as punch because this is kind of a redneck uh <laughs> this is kind of a redneck mixed with Einstein sort of experience, and it is so much fun. Without further ado, let's go ahead and, and welcome Donnie Lee into the podcast. Oh, 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 before I forget, I'm going to have some outtakes at the end. So after everything's done, there'll be a few outtakes for things that didn't make it into the official podcast because it's just us kind of rambling about things. So, uh, it's fun though. I enjoyed it and, and you might too. So stick around for that as well. All right. So today we're here with Donnie Lee. Uh, we are, we are here today with me. Yeah. Donnie and I have known each other for a while now. 30 years going on. It, it's something it like getting, that. Is it getting a there? A while. 25 for sure. I remember the night I met you. I absolutely remember it. It is burned in my memory for Probably at a play. Probably, right? No? It was in the weirdest of all places. Well, maybe not all places. I mean, there's some pretty weird places out there. It's pretty weird places. It was at, it was in Belfont. Oh, yeah, over at the... At the trailer park at Eric and Barb's. Yeah, yeah, at Eric and Barb's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I'm getting old. I'm starting to run into dementia now it's more the miles than the years folks they're not seeing us on video so they don't really realize that i'm not that much older than you are but well i just look older than you because of all the gray hair i don't let mine grow out well yeah that's true yeah no so it was it was actually ben fred's idea absolutely he and i uh, had been hanging out together and we were looking for a drummer and oh, in the yeah. because uh, mike and i had been playing music and we were looking for a drummer and a bass player that's Which, right, as you know, right. we never found the bass player, but we did find a drummer because Ben was like, "I know the guy you need." I'm like, uh, "Whatever." He's like, he's, "I'm like, what? 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 He's like, he's from Newton County." I'm like, "Nope, nope, nope. Sorry, no, yeah, I, I don't you. need yeah, that." No, I and, understand that totally. <laughs> but that's what he did. He was like, I, I, "I'm going to set it up." Where I, I, you listen? This guy is a jazz drummer. He he can do everything. I'm telling you, this is the guy. I'm like, all right, thank God Ben had severe (laughs) deficits in musical taste and recognition, Uh, but that's cool. Yeah, no, he had good taste. Yeah, he did have good taste. I'll give him that. It depends, it it was conditional. What was amazing to me about Ben is that he could pick out music that I liked that he had heard that I hadn't. He was always spot on with it. It was so weird. Like, I have a very eclectic taste, as you know, sure, uh, but he was just like, I don't know how he was so spot on with it all the time, but. He was. He, so. was. he was a very intelligent and empathetic human being. So whenever you have those combinations, you know, and I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of more selfish than that, right? So if I'm out looking, I'm looking for something that's for me, right? right? And if by chance. <laughs> It is for somebody else. I'll turn them on to it, mm-hmm. but I'm not thinking about anyone else <laughs> like that, you know. Right. But he was that guy, and I don't mean to paint myself into this into this light of this selfish asshole. But I mean, everybody to a degree is self centered to a certain extent, in that they're thinking about, hey, I would really, I, I like that, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. But they're not scanning the radio and going, oh, you know, 
my best friend Elliot would love this. I need to call him immediately and <laughs> inform right. him that it exists. And it's like, uh, not not everybody is geared like that. <laughs> Tareen is geared like that. Ben was geared like that too. He was where, where he 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 lived. He I don't I don't want to say he lived vicariously through his friends. Maybe to to that extent, I don't think so. Um, but he was always thoughtful in that regard. That was just how he was wired. Yeah. Know? No, he, he was, um, he was a truly great friend you Absolutely. Know? and that that's rare in this world. Um, it, at least it has been in my life. Yeah, I good mean, people are rare and I don't mean to paint all people as, <laughs> as bad. No, I'm just saying people that are good to you as an individual come along in your life. You can probably count them on one hand. If you're lucky, you can maybe reach the next hand. But people that really know you to the degree that they can pick out your music for you. Right. If you make it past the thumb, if you get to the middle <laughs> finger, you know, starting at the thumb, if you make it to the middle finger, mm. you've probably got more friends than I've got. Yeah. That are of uh, that geared that of, way. Of that, of that caliber. Of yeah. that caliber. Yeah, that, that could very well be. But circling back around, yeah, so Ben had said, you, you got to meet this guy. And so then we were hanging out at, at Eric and Barb's at the trailer there uh, in Belfont. I remember, I, I'll never forget, because you came walking through the door with Tarina. You were wearing, I'll never forget, because it was this uh, red and black plaid uh, shirt, nice. uh, jeans, and biker boots. Sweet. And uh, I think we hit it off pretty much immediately that yeah, night. Yeah, that would, that would be pretty much the recipe. <laughs> Um, back in back in whatever that would have been ninety four or whatever that was that was the recipe for for uh, like this guy is probably current mm -hmm. and, and not into George Jones. <laughs> um, although I was into it, I mean, you know, I was probably I was probably playing out making money with that shit. Maybe right, yeah. I didn't like it really. I've I've you know I've I've grown to embrace that stuff, the art form of that, a little mm -hmm. bit more as I've gotten older. And I could appreciate it then, especially individual players, and that's how I do listen to music because I don't I, or or pick records. Mm -hmm. um, people always ask me why why did you pick that? Re I've never even heard of that. Sure, and it's because there's you know, hey man, there's there's a. Steve Gads on that and, and Larry Carlton so it can't suck you know I mean so so that's kind of that's kind of where um, I ended up and and listening to music is I, I would always pick out players I didn't really have I had a few bands that I really liked or whatever but I always focused I was always focused on on individual players as you know just they were like my football superstars or whatever you know it was like oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that kind of if they had player cards of musicians like they had freaking basketball or baseball cards. We would have all had collections. I, I would yeah. have I would have had seventy five three ring binders full of that. <laughs> this is the this is the Jeff Picaro rookie card, um, mint. So you know that's that's kind of my angle, and it's, and it's gotten worse as I've gotten older, I suppose. But yeah, well, I mean, you, I mean, Ben was right. Uh, you know, not only not only did did we play some music together, but. Uh, you know, but we ended up being friends for life, and that's you know that's been something else. Yeah, I really. apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have had it any other way, man. Me neither, man. We yeah. had some good times. We played some badass stuff too back in the day. It was it was it was always fun for me to to get into, and I was especially at that point in time always looking for the next thing to get into, the next project, mm -hmm. because a lot of times. 
and 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 I I don't want to sound I don't want to sound ridiculous when I say this is that I would I, in, in saying this I would get into I would get into situations musically with people and I would learn their I would learn their catalog immediately. So what I would do is I would usually learn folks, you know, band bands that I would get into. I would learn their material fairly fast. Mm-hmm. generally and i'm not like I say i'm not trying to be braggadocious or whatever i just had the skill to do it sure right? just naturally born in my whole family's musicians i couldn't do anything but play the radio mm-hmm. until i was about 14 15 years old and got introduced to drums and had you know guys that were trying to go out with my sister or whatever in bands and they would be like oh yeah you can have a crack at it and i could actually do it mm-hmm you know, and, and then... So you didn't start playing until you were like 14? Oh, I didn't have my own drum set till I was about 16. Really? Yeah, I didn't so this, know that. This marks my 30th year of actually being right. able to... So for those out there that can do math, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to do drummer math. You can just do regular math and, and figure the sus that out. So anyway, I could just kind of do it, and I had the good fortune of having dad, being in bands, and stuff like that. So I was surrounded by it and had the ability to actually play with guys who could do it, and that makes a lot of difference. If, you, if you're playing with guys that, that have um, a, a pretty decent set of skills at playing music and you can just inject yourself into that trial by fire, um, it's like anything else. It's like learning how to fight. If you're, if you're fighting with, you know, if you if you come in a cold, it don't take long to you either you either decide immediately that hey this fighting stuff ain't for me, or it's like man I kind of hold my own with these boys, you know what I'm saying? So I could hold I could always hold my own. So my contemporaries though, um, guys that were you know, and I'm talking like I'm 16 to to 21 here, my uh, which would lead up to the about between and amongst the time that me and you met they would be not so much in that situation where they were just learning um youtube didn't exist you had to pick it up from mtv or video stores at a different time baby yeah now dude that's another story i won't i won't bird walk into that (laughs) but uh i have met some kids though i i have befriended millennials that have just blown my mind it's like (laughs) how in the hell are you 25 years old and you got that skill set and and the answer is YouTube. Every time he's like, "Well, I just went on YouTube and got free lessons." You suck, because <laughs> there was nobody. There was no drum instructors. There was nobody yeah. that knew anything. You just kind of had to listen real hard, put on some headphones, and I'm talking about dropping needle on wax. Yeah. So you can't get too wild. Maybe that was good because because mm-hmm. you couldn't thrash sure. around so much trying to play Eric Clapton songs with a set of headphones on because you'll make the needle skip. There's that. So, but sure. anyway, that was always my drive was to jump into the next situation, just like you and Mike mm-hmm. um, was like, hey, these boys are doing something new and interesting. I was probably already playing music with people at the time or whatever, but it's like, well, you know, at least they're playing something different. <laughs> so ultimately, anytime I could at that age jump into another situation with anyone, I would totally do it because mm-hmm. it's just that much more experience you get coming from another mental angle coming mm-hmm. from somebody else's head where they're at and that was certainly awesome with you and mike because um you guys already had a pretty concise idea about what it is you wanted to do and then i came in and flipped the record over a little bit you did there and- is no doubt it was uh since probably nobody 
listening to this has any any context for what we're talking about because we never really went out and played no, even, no. even though we drew crowds and uh, we did didn't we we did because we practiced if you remember at, at mike's Perhaps garage we were just smelly and they were like <laughs> flies we were drawing uh, flies maybe well you know the thing was so we, we would pr- for, for everybody out there that has no context i'm going to try to fill it in real quick um we practiced in a garage uh, in a house that was directly across from the Maplewood Cemetery. Here. Boy, it sure was, wasn't it? And so what would happen is, is we would be practicing, people would be visiting the cemetery. Now, the cemetery uh, is a beautiful cemetery. Perhaps we're, they were zombies. <laughs> maybe they were. Some uh, of them probably were. <laughs> there's always a possibility. And so people would come and listen. Uh, it's renowned. From, I mean, for, the, for those folks that right. don't have a clue about Harrison or what it is or, or don't Google it, but um, <laughs> the uh, yeah. the Maplewood Cemetery is Maplewood Cemetery is one of the most beautiful. I, I don't know if you would even call it a park, but it kind of turns that way in the fall. It's sort of like a park, especially yeah. in the people fall. walk there. They take their dog there. They go visit grandma. They do not pictures. Yeah. I mean, like prom pictures. I guarantee and... you, there's been nine million senior pictures taken. Oh, I'll bet at at that place and wedding pictures and everything it's Mm -hmm. just it's gorgeous yeah and so people would go there and then we'd be playing music and then they would be curious as to what we were doing but i do remember you flipping it we had i remember the song i don't know if you remember the song or not but it was called it's hard being a man yeah i've got tapes still do you really i hell yeah i've got the tapes somewhere we we should find those at some point we should but uh but that was i need to put that on on uh, digital media yes yes absolutely i'd listen to it more that way because we know, all would. <laughs> how hard it is to find a, you know an eight track to uh, no I'm kidding. dude I don't it, throw nothing away. <laughs> well we've got Clearly. I've got some yeah 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 you, you may have a few things here I got a couple things. <laughs> um, but yeah no that was a that was probably one of my most favorite band experiences um, ever because well, we was had, one of our both probably first I mean you yeah. know I hadn't been playing I'd been playing with some. I would sub in, really. I wasn't. I wasn't playing probably in a in an established band, but I would get the call if you know the drummer couldn't make it or somebody had double booked or or right. whatever. Even at that point in time, and I was still sort of feeling my way. I was by no means a seasoned musician. <laughs> um, even when I thought I was a seasoned <laughs> musician, I was by no means, and even still to this day. I would maybe consider myself a 30-year seasoned, stage-ready musician, and probably someone could change my mind about that, or I could change my own mind about that pretty quick. Sure. Um, and and like I say, the aforementioned uh, millennial kid, and, and he's, I hesitate to call him, full-grown man. Um, his name's Eli Barrett. I love him to death. He's, he, was, he was working down here at the corner store, mm-hmm. and uh he plays in a band called White Mansion, and they're signed overseas. They're signed in Europe, but they play uh, they play this kind of '80s, dark '80s synth pop sort of stuff. It's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. This little cat, man, he's got skills to the moon, dude. And I and he I, I invited him over. I was like, hey, come over sometime, and we'll just you know we ain't gonna cut heads or do nothing stupid. We're just gonna sit and learn from one another. Well, I sat down in that chair right there, and he showed me how it was done. <laughs> um, you know, and I would just start rattling off stuff. You ever tinker with that Rosanna beat, you know, Toto? You know, I've, I've farted around with that. And, and uh, he would just be like, oh, you mean this? I'm like, what? What? Oh, I just learned it off YouTube. Oh, you 
suck. <laughs> you suck. But uh, he's he's a really he's a really great musician and a, and a good guy and a, I say good kid. Hell, I'm old now, so I guess I can still I can kind of get by with that. But uh, yeah, it, it's amazing. I, you know, so I, I drove up here uh, yesterday. I stopped in to get uh, something to drink at a convenience store, some water or something. Anyway, long story short, I'm walking to the door at the same time. Some other Joe's walking to the door. He gets to the door before me, and you know what happens? He holds the door for me. Good guy. Yeah, it was nice, and it was at that moment I thought, "Yep, I'm the old fucker." Yeah, You know, like like it's it's like, uh, oh yeah, okay. Then I confused this girl, and she should have been. Well, I don't know. Maybe she wasn't sharp as knife in the drawer. Hard to know. Maybe, I, but I talk in parables a lot, and I'm kind of confusing to speak with because I'll, I'll, I will, I will not purposefully. But sometimes I do talk over people's heads. Like I'll be thinking something, and it'll make sense to me, and I'll tell them something, and they're like, "What the fuck did you just say?" Um, but I was at the store. I was I was at the store the other day grabbing a pack of smokes. Smoking's, smoking's bad. Don't do it, kids. Um, but you know what comes of being a drummer? I'm not that sharp. Um, <laughs> The uh, the gal behind the counter, probably in her early 30s, right, um, hits me up for my ID, right, because clearly I have it. But, you know, it's, that's that's for them. It's a big-ass fine if you, if, oh, yeah, if yeah. you don't ask or whatever. Um, so I was glad to, glad to produce it. But as I'm producing it, I'm like, you know, I'm uh, old enough times two plus three. <laughs> And she and, and and that equation kind of uh, blew her mind. And I guess maybe that's why she was working register at the corner store. No, not saying I ain't trying to say people that are working register at the corner store are dumbasses. Nah, no, 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 no. But maybe that's the thing that may have positioned her to be where she was at. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But she looked really confused and then started rattling on about some other kind of off-topic subject that. I didn't really catch neither, so maybe maybe I'm the dumbass. <laughs> anyway, that was that was kind of one of those deals where I hit her with some algebra, and she kind of just deer in the headlights to me there a little bit. It's like, here's my deal. It works the birthday numbers. You'll feel it. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay. So, so <clears throat> sorry. No, no worries. So let's just take this back to the uh, to more of the beginning. So you're from uh, like Newton County, right? In that. Oh yes. Yeah. So yeah. Well, uh, on the edge, I'm an edger. Right, so so can I can I go ahead and go into Newton County? A Absolutely, bit? be my guest. Newton County is God's country for those people, you people out there in the world that have never been to Newton County. I highly recommend you go. Um, any time of the year is a great time to go. Avoid the summer or dead of winter. There's not much to see in the winter, and the summer's hot as ass, and uh, mosquitoes will carry you off. Um, probably or whatever, you'll just not have as enjoyable a time. But if you've ever looked it up. It's, uh, oh, you're two counties deep below the southern Missouri border um, from Branson, right? So Branson, everybody knows Branson pretty much, or yeah. at least got a, got a vague idea. Las Vegas in the Midwest. Vegas in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, Bible Vegas. <laughs> and uh, there's no, there's no uh, street walkers in Branson that are clear street walkers. No obvious. Right, right. Nobody's handing out cards. <laughs> um, I have been on a pretty interesting party yacht with some with some tall <laughs> girls in in uh well, never mind anyway <laughs> newton county you were saying newton county yeah so anytime's a good time to go a lot of motorcycles a lot of a lot of really fancy cars that are that are uh, good with curves mm -hmm. that kind of thing jeeps that kind of that kind of shit goes down buffalo national river first national river i lived right on it 
at the edge, more or less, probably 15, no more than 15 miles from the Boone County border, which is one county deep. That's the city or county where city Harrison's at, mm-hmm. um, county seat. Uh, county seat of uh, Newton County is Jasper. I was probably about <laughs> the same, equidistant, let's right. just say. Look up Rock Haven Bible Camp. I live there. Um, <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. And and I just took a phone a phone picture the other day. We were we were doing Easter uh, dinner over at my Easter lunch or mm-hmm. whatever um, at mom and dad's. And my nephew comes over and he's watching these videos of like catfish coolie eating all these hot peppers and shit and just <laughs> cussing us like a sailor. It's funny as hell. And uh, we're out back smoking cigarettes, watching watching catfish coolie kill himself with this uh, sucker. It's a sucker that's made out of a uh, out of a, uh, a damn pepper or whatever. And he's freaking out. And Dad's over here feeding the cattle, and he's coming in, and he's like. What are you dumbasses doing looking at the phone? The sunset's right over there. <laughs> and I took a I took a few pictures of it. It was absolutely gorgeous. But you get numb to it. Of course you do. When you live there mm-hmm. your whole life. You're in God's country and it's absolutely gorgeous. Lived down on the river most of my life. But the drawback to being where I was at, the uh the bad news is if you're living there is is if you get it, if there's something to be had, you're gonna earn it. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're going to have to find it because it ain't available. Yeah. Um, you're in the woods, more or less. I lived right on the road. I had it lucky. I, I didn't have any dirt road to fool with, right? Oh, paved. you are lucky. I had paved road, baby. I could keep my vehicle clean. I could go out there. and <laughs> I think that's where the disease started with that, is that I can do this and make it last. <laughs> um, so now, uh, now you're not an only child, though. No, I have an older sister. You have an older sister. Yeah. Okay. And uh, mom and dad? Mom and dad. Yeah. And uh, married the whole time. No divorces, no weird shit. Just, yeah. Totally. I mean, like 100% leave it to Beaver. That was it. So, super right wing, super, super conservative. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You don't say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, there was a super, at least it's exactly like you would think. That, that's interesting so it is <laughs> uh yeah it's, it's interesting how how far we've come along <laughs> along those lines well, i told uh, you about you making know. dad get up from the east yeah you were telling me about he was, that he was not happy with <laughs> uh, so what was it like uh i mean I, you guys didn't have a lot of money growing up i assume stick and rock yeah, yeah. that was pretty much how it was <laughs> um no, no but but really we were comfortably middle class to be perfectly honest for mm-hmm. people that were in newton county you know, like we had two vehicles and a brick house and it was all paid for. And, mm-hmm. that, you know, people probably actually that I went to school with probably thought I was a little rich bastard. And we didn't have nothing. <laughs> right. We didn't have shit. Mom and dad took all the money they made and paid off the house so they could get out of debt. And, and they instilled that kind of in, in me. I just actually got done paying myself out of debt. Really? The day before yesterday. Congratulations. That, I, I really? Almost, yeah, but it, it ain't like that. It, I didn't do it like them. I didn't do it out of no, debt. Yeah. hard work. I did it because I hit a freaking slot machine for nearly five grand. <laughs> <laughs> but, Dumb luck. But you, you then took that and I could and have used gone the it. route sure. of coke and whores, but I decided, <laughs> to, I decided to pay my bills instead. So they did instill, you know, you get that. You get instilled these old school, super conservative things get instilled in you. And, it, and that's not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing um, at all. But at the same time, it's harder to have fun whenever you're whenever you're spending your money the right way. But um, anyway, to, to, re- <laughs> to rewind to rewind off that. Now we we weren't by any by any stretch of the imagination exceptional as far as 
um, household income, but at the same time, probably were looked at as like, you guys got it made in the shade compared to a lot of my contemporaries in school. Yeah, there is, there is suffering. no doubt for anybody that's never experienced that area. Abject uh, poverty it, is not yeah, you, necessarily you, <laughs> um, rare. <laughs> yeah, it's it's more status quo, really. It's, it's the common it's yeah. the common thing. And, but, you know, it's a weird it's a weird blend, too, because you'll have you'll have people that, you know, their families moved away and then they moved back. And they're sitting on a on a nest egg of of uh, the money that was made in California, and then everybody came right. back, and 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 they're a trust fund kid living like a hippie in the middle of Murray, and they love life. Like we were talking about before before we even started recording, the definition of success and and making it quote unquote varies for each individual. It does. It um, does. It doesn't necessarily mean that that I I don't and I don't. I, Maybe I had a different outlook back then. Now that I'm a full-grown adult, hopefully, um, I kind of look at it as like, you know, there's there's very few, or at least my definition is, there's very few criteria involved in success mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe the, the laundry list of criteria I looked at back then as the benchmark for success. Sure. Are you happy? Is everyone in your family still alive? Right. You know, can can you do kind of what you want to do? Are you starving? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really you get. I have about a one hands worth um, criteria for 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 that, as opposed to maybe maybe a scroll back in my twenties. Right. You know, of like, yeah. I, I need the Ferrari pretty mm-hmm. much to be successful. Nah, you don't need that shit. You know, are you happy? Is something making you unhappy? Then you need to get rid of that thing now whatever is it whether it be a job a a thing you know some kind of inanimate object is that thing bothering you get it out of your damn life Mm -hmm. now get it out yeah you know that 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 is some wisdom that i wish i had uh capitalized on i think you have to live it i don't think you can just be told because people will tell you that shit all the time man Mm -hmm. old people be like what do you want all that for? All you need is, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. What are you trying to do? You know, what are you trying to do? And I'm not, I'm not necessarily advocating a, a life of of meager existence for everyone, or that that be their definition of success or not, whatever. Um, no, if your definition of success is is wearing ten thousand dollar suits and driving uh, Magnum PI's car around or whatever, great cool get it that's mm-hmm. for you just saying it's not necessarily for everyone and that's that's there's no cut and dry definition i don't i, I kind of see it anymore i see it as a mindset more than anything else it's a perspective it's yeah you know how how do i see you know do i see what i what i uh, what i have and and what uh, i'm grateful for or do i see what i don't have and what i'm looking for depending on how you view those things you view yourself as successful or unsuccessful based on that uh, sure you know a lot um it's like the it's it's like the court board with the pictures on it you know mm-hmm. that, that i don't know who invented that shit you see it a lot <laughs> you know like guys that have their dream home on there or whatever and it's maybe maybe the big paradigm shift for me was having kids probably you know where mm-hmm. I'm, i don't live vicariously through my kids and i don't make them do anything they don't want to do and that's probably a mistake <laughs> but but you know, it's one of those deals where if they if they are into something, mm-hmm. I'm into it with them. You know, like like if if we're going, we're going. But if you ain't into it, let's not waste each other's time. Time yeah. is is another factor that falls into that 
um, into that success deal? Do you, do you have the time that you want to have to do the things that you're doing? Mm -hmm. Are you happy doing those things with the time that you're given? If you're not, man, you've got to make some life adjustments and now because you're going to drive yourself crazy. Sure. Yeah. So now how was high school for you? High school was weird. I was I was pretty popular in high school. Now the population, you know, you went to Western Grove. Oh, we're talking about an entire school district with two hundred and twenty five people in right, it. Total. Right. K twelve. Yeah. Not yeah. All <laughs> K twelve, exactly. Maybe three hundred counting teachers. But my my folks were um involved in the school district dad was a school board member um mm -hmm. before he even worked for he worked for the school later on way after i graduated um and started working in education then i, I would see him more then than <laughs> than than ever um, mom was the secretary at school from day one so that that popularity had to do with my mom was visual all the time every everybody knew her mm -hmm. by default I was one of those kids that was like, oh, you're the secretary's kid. On the flip side of that, if your ass was in trouble, <laughs> yeah. you got it double, baby. Because, yeah. Mom, you nothing got past the front desk. So yeah. um, that, that was that was fun. But high school in, in and of itself was 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 pretty, pretty normal, mm -hmm. I guess. Maybe I didn't get I don't know. It's hard, hard to really hard to really gauge that as, as an across the board thing it was it was good for me because i i didn't get bullied and right. you know, all this i had the older sister and and if somebody that was like she was four years older than me and if some douchebag senior was picking on me when i was in eighth or ninth grade she would beat their ass <laughs> it's not like she's really big or anything she's mm -hmm. pretty small but she's kind of like a honey badger you just don't want it on you right or like a raccoon right you know you say, look that's a cute raccoon she was always she was beautiful beautiful still is she was the she was the girl that everybody was interested in so it gave you a little bit of clout nobody was willing to screw with you because you, you were kind of in a sense, you were a gatekeeper in, in a way. It's right. Like, I'm just going to tell her how much of a douchebag you are, and your chances of that diminish <laughs> immediately. Like you're over. Right. So, so there was a little bit of that, and I had I had friends that were way above, you know, that were five six years older than me through school. So it was a little bit different deal because of that. Um, but yeah, I was I was always I made good grades and and tried to be. I tried to do school right. I paid attention in class, made great grades. I think I graduated with like a 397. And to give you an, an idea of the classmates I had, 397 would make you fourth in class. That's where I graduated. <laughs> there were some freaking geniuses in my in my class they were they were they're smart uh smart kids and we were kind of known for that that not every not every class in western grove through the mid 90s early mid 90s was uh, uh known for that but we we were known as a bunch of sharp little pricks and arrogant and i was too i was mm -hmm. a little arrogant chauvinistic prick wore the polished boots with the cardigans and the rolled up cuffs and nice. the, yeah i was a bastard um had 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 a nice rig, you know, man. People people were uh, people were not necessarily, you know, they would be my friend, but they weren't really, you know. That a lot of that was facetious. So then, once once you got out of high school, and you went, uh, you went and got. Uh, I left early. Did you? I left school and after eleventh grade, and my senior year, I was able to beg my principal and i really didn't have to do a lot of begging they they knew i was ready to skip i was a non-authoritarian kind of 
I don't need you and I'm smarter than you are probably, so let's not get into it kind of dude. Um, once again, I hate to, I, 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 I hesitate to make a, uh, that's just the way I felt then, right? I'm, sure. Yeah, that was my mindset at, at 17, not mm-hmm. not at 45. <laughs> yeah. um, that's that's not where I'm at now. But, <laughs> but but then it was like, go ahead and screw with me. And, and I'm kind of lying because to a degree, I, that guy still lives in my head just a little bit. But I left and I went to I went to trade school and became uh, immersed in electronics technology. And we, we had a really great electronics technology. Uh, uh, I don't know what whatever whatever it's called. It was a, a, trade school. Of some sort. It, it was it was a Votech here in town. I, I went through about every class they could offer that I was interested in anyway, and and got out of there with two associate's degrees, one in uh, consumer electronics. Um, which consumer electronics repair died immediately as soon as I got out, and uh, electromechanical technology as well. It was more of an industrial type of tactile, mm-hmm. all of it's tactile, but it was more of a uh, bigger pieces industrial type thing. Did that did that lead to much uh, of a career? <laughs> um, well, what happened after that was I got out, consumer electronics was dead, and that's really where I was at. I'm an audiophile, I like stereo shit, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm a musician, you know, mm-hmm. right? Always interested in that. I was the stereo hookup guy, too, in school, so wow. everybody came yeah. to me for right. that. There wasn't much, there's not, there's not a lot here industrial-wise for you to get into and, and, and have a very lucrative career in that, and there was definitely no, everything was throwaway consumer-wise at that point in the game, mm-hmm. pretty much. So I went to work for my father-in-law, who has a you should be interviewing him not me i mean he's a he's a ninth grade dropout and became a multimillionaire. right his his definition of success probably doesn't match mine probably not but in ways it probably does mm-hmm. because he will be the first that he, he probably ingrained in me, and i love him dearly for this um for a lot of reasons but for this especially is like if you ain't happy doing what you're doing you best get that way immediately mm-hmm. because you're never going to be successful in anything you hate so I went to work for him for a while and it was fun for me. It was like, it was a lot like playing in bands, man, you know, where this is kind of cool. It was really dangerous. And I was away from the house a lot. He ran a, he ran a very, uh, lucrative. That was the elevator shaft. That was right? the elevator, drilling elevator shaft holes. Yeah. Uh, now, so and say, and, and, uh, and I remember this because it was, <clears throat> it was you going to work for him that, that broke up the band. That broke up our band. Right? Yeah, I know it sucks. You know, and <laughs> well, you know, people got to realize, man, I got busted for DWI. <laughs> um, I, I went through a really bad time, really dark time for me, and 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 they would they would really have to know me to know understand what kind of mental place that put me at at the time now i could handle it Mm -hmm. i've been through a lot worse shit than that (laughs) but at that point in time i had it was one of those deals where i had to make amends and i needed money and this was this is about the i got fired from a job because of all this shit you know and it's like he was he was a guy that that was that may have been i don't know it was the first time but it was the most memorable time where he stuck his hand out and was like you're good people i'm gonna help you out and dude, I made I made money like never before doing mm-hmm. that, and it got addictive to the point where where I started kind of for a minute I started worshiping that money mm-hmm. because it was easy to do and it was coming easy and I I, I was able to do it and I, I was able to run the equipment you know just immediately figured it out sure and uh, Eddie loved that because I was making him six digits. 
you know <laughs> right on on the regular you know if you could go out there and 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 uh and and within six eight weeks time i was probably making a hundred thousand dollars and i was making you know at the you're time, making good money time, i'd make probably i was making thirty thousand dollars a year and not, not paying for nothing yeah I, oh, I which is like making double that at, yeah. at 26 <laughs> you know <laughs> so so i thought i i thought i had just you know stuck a fat hog in the ass and mm-hmm. and, and it was pretty it was hard work though i mean i don't want nobody to get up yeah no it, it, no I, it was dangerous <laughs> as hell mm-hmm. and and you work a lot and i mean a lot of times you would work eight ten hours a day load up drive 400 miles yeah. in a nasty ass yeah. slow manual transmission two and a half ton truck with a compressor on it the size of uh, most people's bedroom right and yeah it was dirty work hard ass work and before long you know i got good enough at it i could just run the rig i could take care of it you now i was making i was making my own holes right. <laughs> but it was something that I did not find enjoyable at, at all. After a while, I didn't, I didn't enjoy being away from, from home base too much. I'm a homebody to a degree. How long did you work with, with them? About three years. About three years? Yeah, long enough to know. <laughs> and, I, and I quit, and they just wouldn't let me. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, like, they just wouldn't let me, let me go. <laughs> um, so then after that, after I did finally just say, you know, to hell with this, I'm, I'm out. Mm-hmm um literally had a garage sale elliot shows up <laughs> at my garage sale and was like what are you doing i was like well th- since monday i'm unemployed you want a job uh yeah yeah i do kind of <laughs> um i didn't even draw one unemployment i didn't even go to the office <laughs> i didn't I, and i wouldn't have but i didn't even go to the office um and i ain't, i don't say I, I mean let me back off if I lose my job tomorrow, I'm going to damn unemployment office, <laughs> right? I just, I, I wouldn't have then because it wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, now I probably would. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't have any, I didn't have any. But there were times problems. in my life, I, uh, there's one time that I've had to draw unemployment before. I've done it uh, once, you know, yeah. um, But, you know, I also paid into that unemployment for a long time, too. Hell yeah. You I know, mean, it's there. It's, um, it's yours. I mean, there's a a reason behind it yeah i remember i remember fire will there's quit it will too baby (laughs) yes there is so yeah yeah no i I remember that because uh i had been i had been putting all those pieces together behind the scenes for a a while (laughs) and waiting for the right moment to happen right um and because obviously i was incredibly jealous of the fact that you were gone and i wanted i wanted us to get the man back together right yes Which obviously never happened but um it at least i knew that you had been on the road and 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 if if i could get you back into town then maybe you know we could start playing music again so i was right. like all right this guy is really smart and and he's intelligent and i know he can do this job and so i went and talked to the guy there i was like listen this is this is a guy you need to interview and 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 I'm telling you, he'll, I appreciate the shit out of that. it too. Really, uh, I do. I, as much as <laughs> as much as right now, that job is making my brain act like it did whenever I quit doing mm-hmm. elevator shaft holes. Yeah, um, that was great for me. Right. Well, it seems to be. How long have you been there now? Well, if I get another contract, it'd be 20 years. <laughs> That's. Yeah, I mean that's unbelievable to me it, that it, that any employer would put up with my bullshit for twenty <laughs> years because well, I am not a good person when it comes to the authority, dude. You know what I found out is that if if you um, 
if you do a quality of work that is high enough, they kind of have to tolerate your shit. They do. Don't they? I've, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go on record and say which companies I've worked for that have let me get away with things that they, but because I've been lucky enough to really be competent enough and, and pay attention and try to have great customer service skills. It matters. Oh, it matters so much. Um, yeah, that I've, I've deviated from there've that. There have been, course. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to sometimes. Sometimes you got to think about yeah. yourself. It's you know, and that's and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Now, now, what Elliot's alluding to is that whenever he set me up working in education, fixing uh, copiers, fixing copiers, um, that was wheelhouse for me, dude. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, um, and and that that job doesn't exist anymore either. To be yeah. perfectly honest, you can you can hire a drunk monkey on acid to go fix a copy machine. Now it takes. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, no disrespect yeah. to the folks out there that are doing copy jockey stuff. But uh, if you just started and you think you're the shit, go find your ass an analog copier that splits in half uh-huh. and, and let me let me fuck it up for you. And we'll see how long it takes you to fix. Right. Because yeah. it's a deal. It's yeah. a different animal. It is. Um, and so and I had a, I had a lot of fun doing that. I was traveling around all over the state doing slinging a screwdriver knew exactly what i was doing most mm-hmm. of the time and was great at it yeah no brag just fact mm-hmm. two weeks in and it was just like the guys that were senior techs that were around me were just like going what yeah and, course, and that was a surprise to everyone but me like i i there was a, there was no shock at all because when i uh nathan was in charge of that at the time wasn't he oh yeah he's still around too uh yeah because i went to him i'm like listen this is this is the guy you need. You can interview anybody you want, but but when he comes in, it's gonna blow you away. And he was like, "Well, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him." But I wonder know. how much he's regretted that. Shit. <laughs> well, he he did he did come to me uh, after um, after they hired you, mm-hmm. and and was thankful. Like he came to me, he was like, "Elliot, I just want to say thank you." <laughs> I was he like, would I, well, I, I mean, he was lone ranger in it, and he had a, he had a guy that was competent. That that uh, I don't even remember the cat's name, but he went to Windstream or Altel at the time. Yeah, if he'd have got stuck with just having to rope train somebody from, I can't even. I can. Well, I've been there because I I had his job later on, mm-hmm. trying to train people that weren't a good fit and uh, which shall remain nameless. Um, Homer is not one of those guys. Though you'll be interviewing him later. He yeah. was Homer was pretty good fit. He could do it, and he had a pretty he had he had the personality for it and the mechanical skills to kind of make it happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and I guess he's still doing it today, but uh, and ran the program after after my oh, tenure really? was over. So I mean, so, I like, handed so, off to him. Right. So you came in as a technician, and then eventually you moved up to take over the entire copier department. Klein moved up to uh, technology director, technology or, director, or whatever. Yeah, after he, Plyler left, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever that was. Well, it was after Plyler and after Tommy Stokes. Oh, Stokes, that's right. That's Donut right. holder guy. So then, uh, great guy though. Once again, <laughs> I think he owns. I think he owns his house adjacent to mine, and he rents it out. I've seen him over there. Oh, could Big be. Tom. Uh, I holler at him, Big Tom. He won't even look. He's like, oh my god, that guy. He's a pretty big old boy, isn't he? Big silent guy. Yeah, yeah. He's silent but steady. Yeah, that was a donut holder was was <laughs> about as much as you're gonna get out of him comedy wise. Yeah, there's no doubt. So, uh, so then. You moved out of copiers and you ended up doing distance learning, right? 
bullseye job. Yeah, that no, that was Talk really... Talk about lucky as a pig in shit with a basket of roses in his mouth. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't have fell in it any better. Because mm. really what it did was it hit me wheelhouse in the respect that that was probably, probably the only consumer electronics job, a tech job at least, that's maybe even still existed. So, right. so I got to really, you know, all that advanced audio visual stuff that I'd kind of wanted to do my whole life i got to do it for 10 years mm-hmm. at a at a what would be considered here a very very good wage oh sure um and and just luck man that's what it was the guy that was running that sam lewis um still alive i assume i, I haven't heard any different. i haven't talked to sam he's got to be eight thousand years old now he's, he's surpassed methuselah brilliant <laughs> man uh, um as far as like uh he understood he understood um that shit on a level that I will probably never care to understand it. Mm-hmm. But he was he was working on like, you know, missile projects for the Air Force back in you know I don't even he would yeah. tell me stories I'd be like I don't know if I need to be knowing this. <laughs> um, but and I got all of his books when he moved and went to Hot Springs. He gave me all these old school books of the Titan missile project. Really? Yeah, I burnt that shit later. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, because I didn't need to be having it. But. Uh, <laughs> Um, learned your lesson didn't learned you? my, yeah 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 you don't want to carry that much stuff like that around <laughs> he uh he was he was a genius and he retired and uh he, he retired because all of that video over over ip stuff came out and he was used to doing it in a more uh well they just used a fatter pipe let's just say back in back in that little tp mm-hmm. than than what they used on on 323 um, but it, it hit me right, right in the wheelhouse uh, as far as the technical end of it. Now the, the, uh, you know, the end of that where you clearly we're working, I don't know if we've, we've even stated that we're working for educational cooperative, um, that is under the auspices of the Arkansas department of education. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, scholastic end of that though, really isn't where I shine because sure. I'm talking to people just like I'm talking to you right now. And I don't aim to change that ever because you get what you see and you see what you get yeah um and if you don't like that that's less my problem than it is yours (laughs) so uh, So okay so there's there's some interesting things here all all things considered you've been man you've been at the co-op for what close to 20 years now right and so you have you started out as a technician moved up to to take care of the copier repair stuff then you moved into distance learning you've been the distance learning guy for a long time now i was the distance learning guy until act 1280 pretty much put all that well it wasn't really act 1280 and and i don't want to make this i don't want to disparage any of this law or any of that that came out it was good Mm-hmm. Um, what happened was the need for all this expensive gear and networking to exist in order to have classes um, virtually from for, uh, in real time, let's mm-hmm. just say, across the state of Arkansas went from it went from being a sixty thousand dollar room unit with a million dollars worth of, of dedicated networking to being able to do that shit with your cell phone nearly overnight. Yeah. So the re and 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 in as in as much doing that, it created a situation where the state decided that they didn't need to spend a couple three million dollars a year um, supporting that whole thing. And 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 as a taxpayer, I couldn't agree more. Sure. Um, so they did the right thing. It just cost a lot of people their careers, as it's as it stood. 
as it did for me. But and, you were able to, I mean, but you were able to find other ways to do things. And, Once and again, stay I, got there. Lucky. I got lucky. Mm-hmm. Once again, luck plays into this, but you make your own luck to a degree. Sure. Preparedness and, and luck are handmaidens. Yeah. Um, so if I hadn't been prepared to jump into Shelly Durst's position when she checked out and became she she went to Harrison High School and became a mm-hmm. instructional facilitator whatever it is she wanted to do she wanted to do that and she had previously been the coordinator for the iTunes U program for the state of Arkansas via ADE housed at OUR great mm-hmm. friend of mine I love her to death mm-hmm. she is awesome person um, professionally and and personally I one of my favorite people on earth really? Shelly Durst. She was the unicorn girl back in the day. <laughs> and and those of you that don't know, we had one record store in town that was <laughs> kick-ass to go to. And, yep. uh, and, and in high school, Shelly Durst uh, was was uh working she worked there it's like kingpin remember the movie kingpin <laughs> i do I you do. know where where rubber man's in there where, where, where he's not rubber man yet but where uh woody harrelson is in there selling rubbers and stuff into the to the dude and he's like i don't want any more of that crap you know it's it funny as hell movie and then uh, uh randy quaid is the amish kid and he's bowling he's bowling lights out yeah or at least it sounds like it and that's 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 what's going on you know and, and woody harrelson goes up to him and he's like you know he tells him uh you sound like you bowl pretty good or, or it looks like you're a pretty good bowler or whatever and uh, but i bet you leave, leave a lot of buckets or something you know he says some kind of weird bowling terminology shit like that and randy quaid you know he's like well how did you know did you just see did you just come to that conclusion by seeing me bowl or whatever he's like i didn't see it i heard it you know right yeah <laughs> so it's it's an understanding on that kind of level mm-hmm. of uh where you could just you know without you're you're not even you're you're understanding it on a subconscious level um that's where i like to be drumming at mm-hmm. i like to be drumming on a near subconscious level in different areas they'll, they'll call that the flow like you're in the flow or yeah. you're in the zone right yeah. athletes call you're it the, the zone you're the pocket zone. right yep. And that's that's where we all try to get with whatever it is we're working on at the moment is oh life life you can be in the flow in life exactly. or not or you can be in the rut if not if I'm wrong then I'm really screwed up at 45 <laughs> the next the next 45 probably w- won't happen but the uh, the the next the next uh, the second half's going to be sucky if I haven't got it figured out yet uh, well you know I don't know if we ever completely figure it out but I'm glad I know as much as I do at this point for the next uh, the next few years. Boy. Oh, yeah, you look around sometimes and you're like going, man, where it's just like, man, if you're not getting up out of bed every single day, freaking overjoyed about what it is you're about to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm there. It's a, I'm there it's a rough existence. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just glad I'm not trying to trying to vicariously live and, and or, or be, be something that I'm I'm not really. I'm glad I've not set myself up for an existence that I can't manage just on my own accord to Mm -hmm. a degree. You know what I mean? Like like I'm kind of in control of that. I feel like, well, I think that a lot of times when, when we get into these situations uh, that are similar to what you're, what you're talking about, it is a symptom of something else. It is 
We are looking for connection it's with like, it's like with the other guy people. with everything that has to buy the Porsche because you know yeah the, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, feet. The, the thing is is that is that we're you know everybody's looking for for connection of some sort with their community with people and so forth and when you have a hard time with that um, like if you don't know how to do that if you don't know how to interact with other people your community in a way that is fulfilling then you, you start to emulate the people that you admire or whatever maybe. yeah or you're trying to fill some void with different oh, stuff right and, I can't and, even relate to that yeah well it, but but that's what happens I mean that's why I don't you, think you can relate to that either to uh, maybe I can, you can I can understand it I think I could I relate don't. to that in my early 20s late teens early 20s where maybe I was trying to be um, something that I maybe wasn't mm-hmm sure I, I could absolutely see that, you know, you know, you watch the MTV Cribs and you watch that kind of stuff and you're like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, but you don't understand. It's like, I love music. You know, I love music. Sure. We talk about music all the time and I, I love to play music. I love to listen to music, but the music is not nearly as alive when I listen to it by myself as if I'm listening to it with you. Oh, dude. Or someone else. Or and, and that, that's, that's part the funnest, of the, that's the funnest thing ever right? to spring something on somebody. Check this out, and you know, <laughs> and you know, damn good and well that they can appreciate it, or or you know, it's something that's going to be wheelhouse for them, and they're going to be like, wow, dude, thanks. That's a gift. That's a gift beyond any kind. Or you're going to plant a seed that will someday show up and they'll be like oh my god look what this person yeah. did for me right so it's, yeah. a, it's a gift beyond any single thing you can buy them or any sort of you know yeah absolutely and that's and so i think that's uh, that kind of goes to the core of the whole thing is is that uh, in in today's at least in our american society we're very devoid of a lot of connection and more and more we're getting more disconnected with the technology that's that we use because we don't use it effectively not because it's a bad thing i kind of think we don't but i watch my kids I watch the thing. The thing, though, I watch about, and I worried about that a lot. Whenever, when especially, especially my boy, whenever he really got interested in just wanting to do video games all the time or whatever, and I was like, "This little turd's going to be antisocial if I don't do something." But it's, but for them, it's not like that. They'll go to school all day. This is something that we didn't do. We would go to school all day, mm-hmm. right? We go to school, and you come home, and unless you had a girlfriend or something. You didn't get on the telephone and call that son bitch. You you did you got your stick and rock and you went outside and you yep. did things, which is great, mm-hmm. super good. But these kids, I, and I say I was worried about mine being antisocial. My boy will get home, and he'll have thirty seven of his buddies calling and texting him as soon as he hits the door, and mm. they're ganging up and and playing some social game together. Um, until I make him stop. Yeah. Um, because at some point your ass has to stop. <laughs> I do because I mean right. we're 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 stones throw away from virtual porn. So let's <laughs> let's just you know cut cut away from that. And that's yeah. that's a whole other. We could do about four hour interview on that. The you know the rea- the reality is between the two of us we have to be careful because we could go for days i'm sure all that, yeah, know, yeah all those things i mean there's so many things we've sidestepped in our conversation today because we just knew we don't have the time for it i've tried know? to be good yeah but, you know I, I i the only thing i do better than talk is talk <laughs> more because <laughs> um, uh, i'm full of shit as a christmas goose but <laughs> the uh i was worried about that i was worried about him becoming antisocial or only being socially 
related to people that he would never ever meet and and that started that changed a great deal um but my my girl i wasn't as worried about that with her but she's too man as soon as she gets home she's she's got a little circle of friends and they get together on their specific devices and they chat till we tell her tell them to quit and uh, I've kind of become buddies too. I'm kind of this side comedy guy that will come in on their. I'll I'll catch them in the middle of their conversations and just start embarrassing <laughs> them and stuff. So it's it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um. But uh, I met a few of them last night for the first time in real life, and they were they they were they come up to me and they were just super social and and mm-hmm. like I want you to be my dad forever. <laughs> I'm like, nah, I've got her, and that's it, <laughs> man. You're not coming home with me. And, <laughs> You may not like it as much as you think you like it. <laughs> no, there's a flip side to this record, yeah. and uh, I'll, I'll start embarrassing them or, or you know, doing right. something crazy, and they think I'm cool dad, and I'm like, ah, yeah, but you don't want to, you don't want to come start paying your dues over here at this little joint because mm-hmm. the the other side of the story is not as as funny right yeah yeah, yeah. That, that is for sure <laughs> you know the grass always seems greener on the other side but it isn't always and nah, it, live your own true. life it's gonna be good that's right it'll be, all right. It'll be as good as you make it well man i appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us here is uh any anything you want to say before we wrap it up because you and i both know we're going to be doing this more so Man, you know, if you're in love with it and you're not doing it, or if you're doing it and you're not in love with it, change that, because that's where I'm about to be, Mm -hmm. and uh, change it for the right reasons. Don't wait. Don't do something your whole life that you hate, because life is bloody well short. Grow a pair of balls. Give it a go. You might fail, and you might start getting addicted to that feeling, and pretty soon... You're going to find something that you stroke it out of the park every time on, and that's success. Money don't mean shit. Happiness is everything. Yeah. And well, money, money is not happy. Money is not <laughs> happiness necessarily. Now, right. don't get me wrong. No, I I know. We I'll, both love money. I'll swim, yeah. and I'll do, the, I'll do the Scrooge McDuck shit all day and be like, whoo <laughs> But at the end of the day, you can only swim in, in gold coins for so long before that just is boring as hell mm-hmm. so do do what it is you do best and the world will be better off for it not just you well what did you think of that <laughs> that was a trip that was a trip i i dare say i think this is going to be one one of the favorite episodes out there it is for me it was one of my favorites to record i always have a fun time with donnie uh and you know i'll recap a few things here just real quick the you got to follow the things you're passionate about. You have to go after those things, at least in some form or fashion. You know, maybe you maybe you want to be a singer. Uh, maybe you love music, uh, but maybe singing's not really your thing. But you want to be around music, so maybe you find a way to become a production engineer, or you become a musician instead of a singer, or vice versa. Uh, something that allows you to kind of be around that, and that's the kind of thing that that we were talking about that we're, that we're discussing on that on the podcast. Uh, you know. You want to follow some things you're passionate about, and it's hard to be successful in things that you hate. And that that's one of the key things that Donnie was trying to was trying to get across is that you either have to do one of two things: you have to either be passionate, go after things you're passionate about, or become passionate about what you're doing. One of the two. Uh, anyway, so as usual, we're going to give something away. 
yeah, we, we like to do that. And so this go around, it's going to be another book. Imagine that we're going to continue with the, the trend of giving away a book from, uh, from my business, uh, mentor, which is Kathy Heller. She's got a new book coming out called don't keep your day job. And it's kind of a, a unique book because it's, it's, it's got, it's also kind of a workbook. Uh, Kathy was, was telling us, uh, the, the other day how it's, it's really more of a manual. Uh, each chapter is laid out with different things that she's found throughout her, uh, her career that are truths. And at the end of each chapter, she's got like a workbook section and that kind of helps you kind of put your thoughts down and so forth. Uh, for any of you who don't know who Kathy Heller is and, and the reason why I'm giving away her books, she has a podcast as well that I highly recommend. It's called don't keep your day job. And, uh, she has, I think 700 million downloads or something like that. Very successful in the podcasting world. Uh, she's also successful in a lot of other areas and I'm, this is not a plug for her, this is just to tell you that I wanted to share some of the things that I've learned from uh, her tutelage, and the book is a way of doing that. And so here's what I'm going to do. If you will go out to uh, to iTunes and write us a review uh, of, of this podcast and screenshot it and send it to me, you can send it to me at uh, plainodragon at gmail.com. If you send me a screenshot of that, uh, of that review that you put in on on the uh, on the podcast you will be entered into a raffle for the book and so we're going to give a book away uh maybe not for each episode. One of some of the episodes, we're going to give some other stuff away and we're not going to give something away necessarily every single podcast episode. Uh, but for the first uh, four or five, we're going to give away some books and some things that I think would be beneficial to you. And so that's, that's where we're going to go. And, uh, and we're also going to get into giving some stuff away from different guests as they have things that they want to share and, and so forth. But for the first uh, four or five episodes, we're going to go ahead and give away a book. And that book is don't keep your day job. It, it, it should be out, I think, either in September or October. So here, here pretty quickly. Uh, so go give us a review and feel free to check out the Instagram account. It's at Plain Ordinary Dragon. And you can also find us on the web at PlainOrdinaryDragon.com. Uh, feel free to sign up for the newsletter. Uh, read the articles. Check them out. Uh, communicate with us. Let us know what, what you're looking for. Um, see if there are some people that you want us to interview. Or if you would like to be interviewed, let me know. Because, uh, you know, this this podcast is about realizing how amazing you are right where you are being the amazing dragon that you are and we want to help you find that if you need that help or we want to support you if that's what you need so let us know and we will uh, try to accommodate to the best of our our ability and so one last time be the amazing dragon that you are you might be plain you might be ordinary, but you're an amazing creature with limitless power. All you have to do is realize it, stand up, and take it. We'll talk to you again real soon. It's not easy to share somebody's dream. It gets easy when you work as a team. You've got to tend it, fan it.
Mm-hmm. Um, whatever, making sure everything was in alphabetical order. Man, I had forgotten about unicorn, man. It, yeah. It's, uh, you know, and it's so different now, right? I mean, it's just, huh. different. it's just different, right? I mean, yeah. there's, um, you know, some... you don't get, you don't get stuff like that no more. Well, no, uh, no, you don't. Actually, and... you know, the thing of it is, 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 you know, a couple of years ago, I became an avid vinyl collector just because I'm that kind of dork. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a few record stores out there now, but it's niche. You know, I mean, it's not like it was back in the unicorn days where Pantera is blasting out the front door with some right. Vegas. <laughs> and you have this dude in there that, and there's some funky smell going on. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Right. You know, and uh, he's walk. You're walking in there, and you're like, "Man, what's good?" And he's like, "Yeah, you're listening to it, man." You know, <laughs> it's like you buy the CD, and and you don't know what's on it. You know, hell right. now, man, you know what's on it before you even buy it. Yeah, Is absolutely. Is worth a damn or not? Because you, know? you remember, you know, you would buy an album by an artist that you liked, you know, and you would get it and there'd be two cuts on it. And that it were would, worth a crap. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, I love these two cuts. but And I just paid 26 bucks for this thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, And now exactly. it's a coaster because this album is shit. I did get to go to Amoeba Records when I was in L.A. last time. It, what are they? They press vinyl there? They, uh, I don't know if they press vinyl there, but they have, um, but they are like one of the last big independent record stores. So they're a distributor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And they have, I mean, they have some of everything and they have a lot of in-store stuff. It's, oh, they're like a tower records. Uh, then. Yeah. Like they're a, like, they're oh, like okay. a tower records, but in, um, but apparently it's been around. I don't know all the history real well, but when I was there, I was taken by a local that said, you have to go to Amoeba records. And it right. was, it was cool as shit. It really was. The I only other place it. that I've been to that, that, sort of mirrors that unicorn vibe and and this is this is more record store really than it is um but they they sell every every form of media there and speakers and stereo crap and all kinds of stuff um vintage of course is uh arkansas cd and record exchange and i'm not i'm not advertising for them but but they're good dudes Mm -hmm. um i've it's almost one of those deals where I've been in there three or four times and they kind of recognize me because I'll leave out there with a hundred dollars worth of records and shit. <laughs> sure. you know? And I'm talking to them the whole time. Be like, man, you ever heard of this Fagan album? You know, they're like, yeah, man. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was, uh, it was funny cause we went and watched Steely Dan and, and, uh, at Verizon in Little Rock. Um, oh, it's been a couple years before Walter Becker died and I'm glad I got to go see it. Um, and we had went there, me and, and Coulter and Dustin and all our wives and stuff, and we just stormed the place, you know. We're, and those boys are as intense as I am. They're looking, <laughs> hey, this looks pretty clean, and they're they're checking it out. Not even warped or scratched, you know. They're really going off. And uh, those guys were at the show later on that night after we'd bought, hell, we'd bought three or $400 worth of records and <laughs> bullshit there, you know, that, that, that day. Yeah. And uh, we're just standing in the lobby, and they walk in. I'm like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" You know, and they're they're uh, they they knew us, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's and, uh, that's that's about the only place that's comparable to the way it used to be. 
Yeah. Um, well, in, in, you know, I think we're both of the mindset that, that everybody needs to support local music a whole lot more, but that is a podcast of a different color altogether. People don't could, appreciate music like they did before. And that goes all the way back to, uh, jukeboxes in the invention of the jukebox and and i have a whole i have a whole schmeal on that but it's like before then before then to understand what was going on on any kind of recorded media and that was rare you're talking about victrola recorded Mm -hmm. media if not you were watching it live Mm -hmm. you had to have before you could even contemplate it before you could even be interested in it really you had to have some sort of education about what was going on Mm -hmm. um recorded media throughout the years to a degree has cheapened that i believe also the education is not there nobody's learning to read music in school i might have been maybe the last class that took music class as as a required course Mm -hmm. at western grove that the gal got up there and taught you how to read a four four bar and all the notes on it Mm -hmm. without being in music class without being in band or something excluding that that happens still of course my girl is in band playing clarinet Mm -hmm. and and last night they were having a concert and that's less and less these days too i mean not all schools are doing that and i'm not also saying i'm not also saying that in order to appreciate music you have to be able to read it because i can't read a flipping note yeah um but you know it's also like to to appreciate football you have to be a football player no you don't but you have to be interested enough in the game that you understand what's going on mm-hmm. i went to the i went to the band concert last night that my daughter was in and i'm talking to my sister who's sitting right next to me is like you, you know there's about a 90 percent chance that this little row from dad to you understands what's going on on a level that these people that are what i would consider muggles in the crowd <laughs> that don't that don't understand music can appreciate basketball like I don't, although I do know the game of basketball pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, they they won't get the finer nuances of what's going on because they've not taken the time to sure. understand it at the level that that I've taken the time as a as a musical hobbyist over the years mm-hmm. to. Oh yeah, to, absolutely. Uh, you know, certainly a musician to to at least be interested in learning about the finer aspects. <laughs> Um, Rick Beato, I'm not, and I'm not sponsored by Rick Beato, but um, if you want to go watch some neat... But you could be. But you could be. I could be <laughs> at some point. I'd like to meet him because I think he's a really interesting guy, but he has, he has a really nice channel on YouTube that breaks down music theory mm-hmm. in a way that even a, a rote lay person, even drummer like me, can, can understand and appreciate. And he talks in, he talks in normal terms. He's a record producer, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, but he's a genius musician as well, and, and I enjoy watching his channel because he lays down information that's like i didn't realize that's what was really going on Mm -hmm. so uh, anyway for music dorks out there want to be music dorks that's a that's a good and all of my buddies that are like these higher level music dorks out Mm -hmm. here that that i play music with and stuff all know the channel it's funny (laughs) that is interesting well i remember listening to um oh was it the mayor of mcdougall street on audiobook it was uh dave van ronk uh, yeah. his biography basically and l- listening to him talk about how they learned in the in the 50s and 60s you know back then uh and how you had to listen like you had to sit yeah. there and listen to understand what was really going on uh, yeah and 
uh, you know, there is some truth to that. And to be able well, to If do you that. don't have, you know, you can have a piece of music sitting in front of you, right? And you mm-hmm. can look at that and you can be like, okay, I see the whole notes. I see the eighth notes. I see the quarter notes. I see the time signature. I see everything about that. And you might even be well-trained enough to even play it. However, if you're, if you have that recorded and you're listening to it and you have somebody that really knows what's going on mm-hmm. and they're breaking that down measure by measure and they're going, here's, here's this and here's why it sounds good. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother thing. That's another animal. Right. That's, that's, that's a guy that has broken it down to its lowest common denominator or segmented it apart where you can, it's almost like a, like a diagram of a, of a, of a V8 engine or whatever, mm-hmm. right. That's exploded. And you can see all the parts that right. actually go into it. You don't think about that shit when you turn the key, mm-hmm. you know, right. You, you just want it to run mm-hmm. and maybe you're smart enough to tell if it's running great or running crappily, maybe, but somebody with a deeper understanding can tell you if it's running crappily and they're going, well, that's because you have a slip main bearing on lobe seven or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not that smart about engines either, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you have, you have, you have a ground off lobe on, on cylinder seven on your, on your camshaft. And that's why it's running like shit because mm-hmm. I can hear it.